ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the, this episode of the Relationships Rule Show. My guest today is Mary Scott, coming to us from St. Louis, Missouri. Welcome, Mary, to the show. Thank you so much, Janice. This is going to be fun. Yes, absolutely. Mary, uh, Mary and I met networking, what a surprise, online, on Zoom. And I'm very curious about Mary's background, so I want to share a little bit of it with you because she was an award-winning New York director and producer of online videos, documentary films, and not-for-profit videos. She's been in the video world a lot longer than most of us because we just come to it with, you know, things like new, uh, new videos, supposedly big now, but it's been around for a long time, right, Mary? It's been around for a long time. And I was one of the later online adopters because the video I produced looked really good on television and looked terrible online at the time because of compression. And I didn't want my stuff online until the compression got better. Oh, so there you go. That's really interesting. But what I understand is you help many, many women in startup businesses, right? Um, uh, you're, I think I call it was called, you're the business concierge for startups. I am the business concierge. Tell me about that. Why that concept? What does that mean? Well, you know, when you go to a hotel and you talk to the concierge and it's, can you get me tickets to this show? Or what's the best restaurant in town? Or how do I get to such and such a store from here? And they have this kind of information. Well, After all my years doing video and exposure and making contacts with all kinds of businesses and all kinds of industries, I can provide concierge services for business. So who do you need to meet? I can probably arrange an introduction. What do you need for your business? You need to find a 3D printer to create a a minimum viable product. Do you need to connect with a virtual assistant in the Philippines? What do you need for your business? I can probably connect you with someone who can help you. And I do brainstorming. I use improv to help you improve your business. So if you've got a challenge or a problem or something you need to pass through somebody else's eyes, I really can do more than one solution to any problem. Well, you sound like the person to know, definitely. Um, Now, does it matter if the people that you are working with are local or not local to you? No. Not in this day and age. Since we've got Zoom and Skype, you have your choice. Yeah. I can work with anybody anywhere. And I'm guessing that, you know, women women because we like to collaborate with each other and and support each other and I think also I don't know what the stats are maybe you do but there's there's a woman starting a new business uh, anywhere in the world like at what every minute I mean oh at least Um, the stat that I like better is that um, 
half as many women startups fail as men do yes. in the first five years. Yes. Good point. Good point. Why do you think that? I think that we're more likely to be a little more conservative. We understand the concept of getting ducks in a row. And the big one is that we're not afraid to ask for help. Yeah, that is. A if good we point. don't know something that's uh, no harm, no foul. That's uh, okay. Who can get me the answer to this? Who can help me with this? Yeah, and very that's good. That's huge. That's huge. One of the biggest mistakes startups make is they think they can do it all by themselves. And yeah, that's true. Yeah, it, it is because I mean I, I've experienced that myself. You know, like, no, I can't afford to hire that person right now. Well, maybe you really can't afford not to because yeah, the time that you're taking is more expensive than maybe how it could be. Or maybe you just hire them for a few hours. Yes, exactly. And it's worth the investment for sure. I know I've just sort of creeped into that um, hiring um, VAs for different things and it saves me time. Definitely. There's no question. And um, there are successes and there are learning experiences. So even if you spent some money and didn't get what you want, you learned something. So the next time you spend the money, you'll get what you want. I kind of go with that route on marriages. I had a starter marriage <laughs> and I had a learning experience and then I did it right coming up to 40 years. So, yeah, I know it's funny. Um, so um, what do you think the um, what are the are, are women more inclined today to start up service based businesses or is it, does it run the gamut? It kind of runs the gamut, um, particularly among younger women. You don't see as much concern, awareness of a glass ceiling or a traditional, you know, based business. I've seen women start tech companies. I've seen um, I've seen them start uh, manufacturing. Mm -hmm things. Mm -hmm. So it kind of doesn't doesn't matter at this point. There there's really a huge area that where people come up with a great idea or whether it's a service or a product. So I'd say there are, there are like three different types of entrepreneurs. Um, there's the ones who who have this great idea they're going to go change the world and they they were born entrepreneurs and they are heading right for it. Yeah. Then there are the reluctant entrepreneurs, people who got downsized or something happened and they have to start a business because they're unemployable in some other way. And then there are the accidental entrepreneurs, <laughs> people who have been making something or doing something and it's a hobby and they start selling. And before they know, they've got a business. Yeah. And they, they, sort of backed into it blindly, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I like your three definitions of an entrepreneur, natural, reluctant, and accidental. I like that because I, I truly believe that not everybody is an entrepreneur. I think that that a true, to use that word usually um, explicitly, I think it's someone who is a visionary, somebody who, um, who whatever, however it goes, they're going to move forward and they see it and they make it happen. But this breaking it down is actually good because maybe they're, they're not a true entrepreneur, but they're become a business owner that um, can now fend for themselves and, and not have to depend on a 
job, job, right? Yeah. And from the perspective of investors, yes. an entrepreneur is someone who has a business idea that's scalable. Yes. That it's something that's going to grow, get employees, be able to be sold to somebody or taken public. Um, there are people who own businesses and essentially it's a gig. It's their their job is their business and they are not really planning on scaling it. They're making enough money. They have enough work for them for now. And it's perfectly fine if you want to be a gig entrepreneur. Yeah. And it is the gig economy right now. So absolutely. Um, and that's a great way to put it as well. Um, I watched Shark Tank. I love that show. So I, I hear that all the time. You know, this, you don't have a business here. You have an idea or you're too, too early in the process or, or they're clamoring because they can see the, the um, potential of this industry or this business. And so it's kind of fun to watch. Um, so what would you say, um, like, okay, uh, you help startup businesses, mostly women. How do you, how do they find you? What do they hire you uh, individually or is it part of a, a group thing that you do? Well, I've only been doing this since COVID. So a lot of it has to do with they meet me at a virtual networking event or um I will reach out to particular startup businesses through One Million Cops or through other organizations that are resources for startups. I try to get into places like small business development centers where I can do workshops and give startups some basic ideas about how to actually set up a business legally or 10 mistakes people should avoid as a startup. Um, so that's how people find me at this point is a lot of networking and doing podcasts. Thank you, yes. Jenna. This kind yes. of stuff is really Absolutely. helpful. Podcasts are fun. Um, okay. So, um, so what would you say the, the biggest, let's say three, the three biggest mistakes that people make when they are, you know, gung ho and they're ready to start their business and they okay. come Top of the list, first thing is validate the idea. People come in with both guns blazing and they didn't take the time to do a Google search on their idea. Has it been done before? Is somebody else doing it? Has, can they do it better than that person? Um, is it actually something people want or is it just something that, that they want? <laughs> Yeah, that's a big one. You know, so yeah. who's who's your market? Is there a market? Um, just how complex or easy is this particular product or service you're about to do? And presenting to places like, you know, you need to ask your friends and family whether or not it's a good idea, but you also need to talk to people who don't know you. Yes. Um, you need to evaluate the competition because sometimes the best way to really get a business off the ground is to find out who else is kind of doing it in your space and teaming up mm -hmm. because co-founders have a much higher level of success than singles. Really? really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of it has to do with complementary skill sets. You've got somebody who's a real good idea person and somebody who's a real good salesperson. 
Mm -hmm. It's very detail oriented and somebody who's big picture oriented and that makes a nice match when you get those. It's very hard to have the same skill sets in one person. Yeah, that's a really good point too. So um, one of the things that you mentioned and something that I kind of um, cut my teeth on, so to speak, is networking. Back in the day when it first started and, you know, I think I started at a chamber of commerce and, and uh, uh, moved from there to different networking organizations and, and found my way and got to be that person, the connector, the person that, you know, go ask Jana, she'll know, that kind of thing. Um, when you teach people about networking, because I'm sure you do as part of um, the startup business people, what do you tell them? How, what's the best way to network today and do it properly and make it work for your business? First of all, if you're going to go to a networking event, whether it's on Zoom or a live event, have an agenda. What are you there for? Are you there to, to see who's there and start relationships that may end up somewhere? Are you looking for clients specifically? Are you there to just showcase your brand just to get your name out there? Or are you there for a drink after work? <laughs> yeah. You need to know why you're going. The yeah. second thing is that if you're going for business reasons and you don't have time to actually follow up within 48 hours, don't bother going because those business cards, the chat, those contacts are going to be cold in 48 hours. If you don't get on it immediately, stick them in your database, send out the emails, schedule the phone calls within 48 hours, the time you spend networking is just social. I couldn't agree more. I call it going with intention. Do your homework before you go. And the one thing that I would add to what you said, because I'm sure you agree with me, you just didn't remember to say it in that sense, in, because there's so much, but um, is, are you going to the right place? you know and that's of course depending on those in those that agenda items that you mentioned um but you know where are you networking is it going to fit that agenda is it going to fill the bill right because you and like and, and like i said there's successes and there are learning experiences yeah. and um when you're first starting out you are going to go to some networking things that aren't the right fit but you're not going to know until you go to at least one that's a really good point. Which is part of don't ever join an organization until you've been to at least three meetings. You need to know that your money is going to be cost effective. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's great. Okay, so now we're at the networking events. Now, how do we present ourselves? Oh, hi, I'm Mary Scott. Tell me about you. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, see, I can tell right away, right? You can tell an experienced networker because they're not going to talk. They're going to listen first. Yeah. yeah that's so, be so beautiful. Um, and the follow-up piece, I couldn't agree more. I used to go to these in-person networking events and I'm not sure I'll ever do that again, but I, I used to go to lots of them and I would come home and spend probably half an hour, 40 minutes and do those first emails before I even went to bed because nobody else would have done it. Right. And I, I discovered in my case, anyway, it takes 15 minutes per business card. 
to do the data entry, to think what they need, to send out the emails. Yeah, I probably didn't enter them into my minutes per business card. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think I would have entered them in my database right then. I would have still kept the cards so that when I started a conversation with them or when I started to build a relationship with them, then I would put them in my database. Because some of them, they'll go, you know, that learning experience, they'll go by the wayside because the person doesn't get networking either and never followed up so uh, or responded to my follow-up. Um, I We talked a little bit before we came on air about this organization that you are quite involved in called One Million Cups. I'd love you to share a little bit about that, if you wouldn't mind, because it sounds really interesting. I might have to go check it out. It is one of the first public stops for any startup business because you can present there when you just have an idea. You don't actually have to have a business that's ready to go yet. Um, it was started about 15, 20 years ago by the Kaufman Foundation out of Kansas City. And St. Louis, my chapter was number four in the chapters that, that started after that. Their premise is they want to give startup businesses a chance to present to a room full of community members that they don't necessarily know. And it happens every Wednesday morning at nine o'clock. Doesn't matter what time zone you're in. Oh, wow. <laughs> Whatever the local time zone is, it's Wednesday morning at <laughs> nine o'clock. And you get one or two presenters per meeting. And they have seven minutes and they have to be, you know, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is why it's wonderful. This is why I think it's going to be successful. And then open it up to the room. And it's like a warm, fuzzy shark tank because people aren't going to critique your, the way you present it necessarily, mm -hmm. but they are going to ask you those questions about who's your market? What marketing have you done? What kind, who's your competition? Um, what, else do you think this particular product or service can be paired up with you know who's a strategic alliance those are the kinds of things that people who are just starting don't even think of and it's always good to get feedback from people who don't know you because they're just looking at the idea and it's not about who you are mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay so um it's like um not being thrown to the wolves, but being thrown to a friendly group of yeah. uh, um, people that- uh, A dolphin tank instead yeah. of a shark tank. <laughs> but you're probably scared stiff if you haven't done any presenting and so forth before. And somebody was saying, until you've given your speech a hundred times, you're still practicing. Mm. I think that's a Kimberly Crow expression. Oh yeah, she's unbelievable. <laughs> but um, you have to be able to- articulate your idea and places like 1 million cups are a great opportunity to fine tune mm -hmm. what you're talking about, how you're presenting it so that people really get clear about what it is you're doing for whom and why. Right. Exactly. So how did you come from video production to what you're doing now like i have to ask that because i oh, wanted sure. to do that yeah well so um i was i was happily doing video production in new york and my late husband was getting ready to retire and my daughter was living in st louis and she said could you move 
and I thought, okay, <laughs> sure, because I can do this from wherever. And so we moved and, you know, looking for networking opportunities in St. Louis, I ended up smack in the middle of the startup ecosystem. One of my first stops was Venture Cafe, <laughs> which was a fabulous mix of startups and established businesses that also invest in startups. And it's always a Thursday afternoon and the beer was free. So, hey. <laughs> Okay, And it was just so invigorating and amazing to be in conversations about stuff that I had no idea and learning new stuff and meeting new people. And it was just so exciting and so cool to be in the heart of essentially what was going to be the future. So I thought, wow, this is so cool. And I would go every Thursday and Sometimes they needed video, a lot of times they didn't, but I got to learn who was out there, where the resources were in this whole startup ecosystem. And being a big fan of one-stop shopping, I hate shopping. I do too. One-stop shopping. I discovered all of these resources, but no single place where you could find them all. And they kind of didn't know about each other. Mm -hmm. So I did a quick Google search on stlstartupecosystem.org and found it was available. So I'm going to buy this for $12 on Google domains and put together a spreadsheet of the resources, the links, what they do for startups. So you kind of have an idea of what stage a startup is in and who's going to be useful for you. Or, you know, some of them are like veterans organizations or minority people organizations, you know, but it's, it was, there were 65 when I first started, 65 different organizations that I put into this spreadsheet and stuck up online so that people could have one-stop shopping, both for startups to find stuff that they need as well as for the resources themselves to see where everybody else was. Right. Because when someone walks in your door and they're not ready for you yet, you don't just say, sorry. <laughs> you say, oh, I'm so happy to see you. You're not ready for me yet, but let me introduce you to Jay over here. Yeah, yeah. you're a natural at it. It's, it's quite interesting. And, and I can see that being really helpful wherever you are. Yeah, so we've decided between us, right? You're going to take this to the world now. Uh, yeah, I think I can teach anybody how to set up a resource guide for their community. Yeah, yeah. but, you know, that could be a service that you offer, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, improv. Did you do improv? Um, I was a theater geek in high school. And I ended and obviously as a videographer, I did a lot of backstage stuff. <laughs> new backstage and and directing and stuff and being able to do um improv is a way to think positively all the time take natural optimism and take it to the next level because the big premise in improv is yes and Mm. So whatever somebody yeah. says, you agree yeah. with them, you validate them and you add something. Right. Sometimes right. what you add is something different, but you always start from the yes and. 
which means that you can go in lots of different directions. Yeah. You can go silly. You can go analytical. You can go creative. You can go artistic. You can go uh, mathematical. And it teaches people how to think on their feet. And And it's fun. Yeah. fun nobody's gonna feel intimidated by someone who's doing improv with them well I think you might start that way in some cases because you're introverted or you're not quite ready for primetime players right uh but that's a and that's a great way to uh to stay positive you're absolutely right and not be judged by whatever comes next so yeah that so I can see that being a great tool with people who are starting out and and uh working with somebody one-on-one to build their confidence that would be a fun way to do it oh yeah that's great I love seeing the light bulbs go off I love seeing people's face just relax and have them into one of my favorite interview questions when I was like doing a a business person who was getting ready to do a little intro video for his website, you know, was my company. I would start with, okay, John, what did you, when you were eight years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? (laughs) That takes, you know, and how did you get from there to here? But as soon as you say that, their face gets soft and they get a little nostalgic and they relax and they go, yeah, I wanted to be a fireman. (laughs) I wanted to be a baseball player. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Now for me, uh, somebody asks me about my granddaughter and I go into a completely different place. Right. So I know. Oh, yeah. Once you're in the grandma club, yeah. it's a whole other world. A whole different world. Totally. It doesn't matter what they do. You just, it's so different. Um, so being a videographer by trade and being a grandma, do you put those two together? Um, yeah. Sometimes my <laughs> grandkids tell me, stop shooting grandma and just be here. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay. That's fair. Um, so I still not sure how you went from videographer to what you're doing now in the sense that was it um, necessity when COVID hit? To some extent. And, you know, having done video for over 30 years, I was getting tired of carrying around equipment. And I was also getting tired of essentially being in a male dominated field. I mean, I had all kinds of folks who just thought girls don't do video. Um, But on top of that, I think what I was most frustrated with was the idea that apparently 85% of folks had that, oh, it's just video, my kid can do it. And I thought, okay, I wanna get paid for what's up here, not my equipment. Yes. So when COVID hit, uh, it was just a natural thing to, okay, so what do I know? And how can I get that information out in a way that people will pay me? Yes, of course. Okay. So, yeah. So that's where the consulting came from. So today with the people starting out in business that you work with and talk to, do you think that, for example, Um, I was having this conversation earlier this morning because I'm in the middle of doing a a new kind of updated website. Do I need a video on my website? 
of me? Yes. Nowadays you do. Absolutely do. Okay. You absolutely do. And not necessarily a professionally produced one. Right. Because particularly in the era of social media, it's all about authenticity. Mm-hmm. So you can't fool dogs and children. Have you heard that expression? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, in social media, people can tell if it's scripted. They can tell if you're reading. They yeah. can tell if you're lying. And they can tell if something's been edited. So depending on what your message is and the whole people do business with folks they know, like, and trust. Keep it authentic. and Keep it authentic and keep it under a minute. Okay. Yeah, that's good advice. Because, you know, you give them a little bit what they expect. You give them a little bit they don't expect. And then you leave them wanting more. So, you know, this is me. This is one thing I do. And you'll see other stuff on my website. So please call with any questions. Got it. Okay. I like that. Because I I was going to, then I wasn't going to put one on. But I kind of feel like. Sure. Essentially, I used to talk about um, the video on your website is you know, wouldn't open a brick and mortar store without putting someone behind the counter. Mm. So when you go to a website, you want the receptionist. And if possible, the receptionist is the CEO. Thank you for coming. I'm so glad you took the time to click on our website. And I hope you can find what you need. Here's where a few things I would recommend are. And please email or call me with anything else you need. That's it. I love it. Done. Okay, switching gears a little bit. Um, I love learning and sometimes it takes me down the squirrel, you know, rabbit hole, whatever. Yeah, because I'm interested now in this or this or this. So um, what are you, um, do you read or do you watch or do you listen today? Like, or do you do all of them? Like, do you still read books, like real books or do you read them online or Um, I don't read as much as I used to because I've been having vision problems, Mm -hmm. but I do listen to stuff and I do watch things. Okay, cool. And I, I kind of can browse YouTube, which is fun. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I don't go to YouTube very often yet, uh, unless I'm with my granddaughter and she wants to see crayons talking or whatever. And then I'll go on YouTube and learn the colors, but, um, uh, okay. So I buy books cause I love books, but I never get the time to read them. So sometimes I'm better if I go for a walk and listen to something. So that's yeah. what I find. Um, yeah. what about El, El Grinnell used the term shelf help <laughs> shelf improvement? Yes. Yes. That's very good. Shelf help. Um, so one of my favorite words is curiosity and I love to ask my guests, um, a two-part question. One, what um, do you think curiosity is innate or learned? And second part, what are you most curious about these days? Um, I think curiosity is innate and it can very well be drummed out of people. So it needs to be relearned. Yes. Um, Curiosity keeps you young. It makes things new that maybe weren't before. Um, I'm curious about anything I don't know anything about, you know, so that's the fun stuff is that's 
one way that I do networking at places like Venture Cafe is I'll wander through the bar and when I hear a conversation about something I know nothing about, then I'll go, oh, that sounds so cool. Tell me more. Yeah, that's good. So um, I'm a sci-fi geek too. So oh, know, that's anything right. that has to do with the future and and the possibility of reality happening from something that used to be sci-fi. I love that stuff. Yeah. See, that's not me at all, but you know, that would be really interesting to be watching the, the way AI is, is coming into reality, like not just on the screen anymore, it's happening. Right. And it's fascinating to watch behavior in, um, in artificial reality. And when people are, are being avatars rather than themselves, Mm-hmm. there's kind of I would love to hear an anthropologist's view of this stuff oh wow well maybe maybe that's something you should add to your directory finding uh, an anthropologist that um, yeah go, who can go into AR and just kind of observe the way people behave in in AR as different from I guess they'd be social anthropologists right maybe yeah yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. Um, interesting. Oh, that's another fascinating rabbit hole, right? Another rabbit hole, right? Um, what would you say? And we'll, um, we'll start to wind down here, but I do have, I find what you did in the past really interesting. So I'm just, I think you told me that you was your last video, um, or like full length thing. Was it about aviation? I'm it just- was, it yeah. was. In 2003, we premiered at the Cradle, Cradle of Aviation in New York on the 100th anniversary of flight. And I did the first, if not only feature documentary about women pilots. That's right. Because I told you that I know a woman here who was the first pilot in women, woman pilot in South Africa. I think she was mm-hmm. from, um, yeah. So how many women pilots did you, did you um, highlight the different women? Um, 186 ended up in the film. Oh, wow. I think I interviewed or um, did research on over 225 women pilots, different ages, different backgrounds, different industries from FedEx pilots to American Airlines first captain ever to Wally Funk, who just recently went into space finally. Congratulations, Wally. Oh, right. Um, and uh, with William Shatner, right? He, he got a chance. Has he gone already? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah he's um, gone. It was on um, uh, Jeff Bezos's flight. Right, right, right. Jeff Bezos takes people up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Branson keeps them there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For 10 minutes. I think that's it, though, right? Well, I think you actually get to do um, an orbit or you're up for yeah, I have a friend. just up and down with Branson. You get to stay for a little while. And I have a friend who's playing on one of his flights. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, not my cup of tea. I was the kid that threw up on the airplane the minute it started, but I'm better now that I'm an adult, but <clears throat> it took a be while. Better if you were in control of the airplane as well. It's yeah. like people who don't like to be passengers in a car, but they're good at driving. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so what, what was the, um, how, how long ago was the first woman pilot that, of the ones that you interviewed? Um, the oldest one I interviewed was a lady named Eleanor Johnson, who um, 
was in her 90s and was um, an instructor. And I think she had the Guinness Book of Records um, record for the most number of hours instructing people on how to fly. It was, it was like, so one of my daughters actually took helicopter flying lessons. Yeah, and really girls. <laughs> no, she did, and she did the hovering and everything. And they wanted her to be an instructor. They wanted to train her to be an instructor, but she never went any further with it. But yeah, so I was pretty proud, nervous as hell, but really um, proud of her for you know having well, that. If you look at the drones today; they're all yeah. essentially helicopters. Yeah, exactly. So this has been so much fun. Um, Mary, last question for you. Um, and I'm sure this, this will be an easy one for you. So my audience is made up of basically entrepreneurs, small business owners, and sales professionals, and home-based businesses, things like that. So um, what advice, what's your best piece of advice that you give people today who are, you know, trying to build their businesses and grow? Find good people to support you. Get the resources you need and ask for assistance when you need assistance. And don't be afraid to say thank you, but that's not for me. Mm, that's a good part too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, there's a phrase that you're not in business until you fired your first client. <laughs> that's a good one. Have I ever done that? I have to think about it. Well, this has been great, Mary. Now, where can my audience find you? I will put it in the show notes, but where do you want to um, have you can You can get me uh, email. My email is businessriff at gmail.com. I'm happy to reply to people. Um, also, if people need to do more virtual networking, I have a free webpage that I don't collect emails from, so you're not going to get scammed. It's maryscott.info because I'm Mary Scott and I have the information. So it's maryscott.info and there's lots of links to virtual networking there. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Mary, for being on the show. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you so much, Janice. Thanks to my audience and remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share out this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.